Good evening and welcome to Burn After Pitching, the comedy pitching podcast where we have on a panel of funny, creative people to pitch their ideas. I said piff. I said piff. Uh, let's re- let's relay. Uh, piff the magic movie. We're piff. We're gonna piff our ideas. We're gonna piff our ideas the way of this episode. Oh, this, we've got these pithy piffs. Uh, pitch their ideas on anything from ice cream flavors to new movie franchises. I am your host, Michael Tanner, and join me on the panel today. We've got our regulars. We've got Andy Nordvall. Hello, Sandra Demas. Hi. <laughs> And normally, producer Tyler is producer Tyler, but on this episode, he's on the panel. Tyler, say hello. Whoop, whoop. Hello. Howdy doody. And we've got fan favorite <laughs> panelists returning. We've got the amazing artist, Don Wen. What up? How is everyone doing this fine evening? I'm saying evening, even though we're recording in the middle of the afternoon, but it's the magic of podcasting. I'm just happy it's cooling off, finally. Yes. Uh, yeah, I will uh, record this episode without sweating through my shirt. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> now, here we are through the magic of podcasting, recording here in mid-October, but this episode is our November episode. Is everyone ready for a fine uh, November holiday season? Sure, why not? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I'm going to be spending mine in San Diego with Comic-Con Special Edition. Oh, that's Ooh, right. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I'll be there for one day with I'll Michael. I'll see you there. <laughs> one day, nice. one magical day. Uh, I I hope uh, everyone's going to be uh, safe and healthy, and it's going to be an amazing, weird November convention. Yeah, hopefully safe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, I'm going to be wearing two masks. That's like two chains, but two masks. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I wore like definitely weird. Hopefully safe. Yeah. I wore yeah, I wore two at Rose City, and I was just like. No, I, I I was gonna go triple mask, and I was like freaking. Out. I was like, I, I need more masks. <laughs> All the masks. I got a, a mask for my mask. Yeah, because yeah. the, the key is you got to get like a a, a K95 and then like a regular mask over it for fashion. Yeah, you have a fashion mask and oh. a safety mask. And then I had like that. Shouldn't that be the top mask? Because it's got the it's got the cone. Yeah. Uh, I, listen, you want the safety closest to your face. That's right. I okay, was point, too con so far without COVID. So yeah. Rose City was just the KN95, but at Salt Lake City, I went N95 and KN95. Oh yeah, that's like I can't. I couldn't. I don't. I don't know if we have any listeners in Utah. If we have listeners in Utah, they probably know how awful it is there. So yeah. hey, love to Utah for those who are keeping safe. It's a oddly very clean place. Maybe that's just because. I'm used to yeah. the mean streets of downtown LA and Skid Row yeah. and the projects out here. Is it oddly off. clean? It you is know. super clean. Yeah, it's like I, I walked around uh, Salt Lake City and I was like, mm-hmm. man, it's like so weird. Everything is like, you know, I, I guess I'm just used to it being looks out here. It Canadian there. Yeah, it almost, <laughs> it does. It, it almost feels like you're you're walking through Vancouver, but not everybody says sorry to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like once a week, Joseph Smith like just cleans everything. He just does like is that what it is? hours. Yeah, he just like flies <laughs> the down. Spirit of Joseph Smith. Yeah, guys. like like a wraith. He just like passes over the street. <laughs> like a wraith. All the garbage. Yeah, yeah. Just... And your soul. That's what he has the golden yeah. plates for. Yeah. All yeah. the trash. Uh, it's no, that's why they, that's why they baptize the dead. They they use the, <laughs> there's well, wow, okay. even though that's true, it's true. They do it like it's no secret. Yeah, they do. Mormons baptize the dead. You know? Oh, wow. Yeah. They do, and and for if I believed in that hokum, it's a very noble, noble thing. They're like, hey, these souls who never got the chance to convert to Mormonism are stuck in purgatory. We can rescue them by by baptizing their spirits and get them out of purgatory. Very and, noble cause. Very and clearing noble. all the right. trash on the streets once a week. Yeah, I mean, they just, that's when the souls come out of purgatory, they just, they're kind of like a sponge and they just <laughs> soak up yeah. all the dirt and grime of the city. I have to say, we could <laughs> learn from that example. That we, we, could, have <laughs> we could all learn from that example. <laughs> yeah. 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 Clean up after ourselves. This new Utah lore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that went on a really like weird tangent, but that was all building yeah. to uh, me asking about if anyone was doing any kind of uh, Thanksgiving celebration or if they celebrated Thanksgiving or Friendsgiving or um, anything like that. Uh, I don't I know. Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. Yeah. yeah, that's where I'm just giving my face a lot of food. So I'm going to have to decide special edition or family reunion, which will be ah. interesting. Yeah. Decisions. Now, Don, I got to hear more about Facegiving. 
Yeah. Oh no, I'm I'm just making the joke though. That's that's all the holiday is to me. It's just stuffing myself silly. <laughs> so yeah. Shoving inordinate yeah. amounts of food into my face, which I'll we plan you... on doing before. Uh, just like the pilgrims, man. Yeah. I'll, I'll send this... you a cake. I owe you a cake, Don. Oh, nice. That's right. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna have fun a, that weekend. There's some inside joke between Don and Tyler that we don't need yeah. to get into unless they want to <laughs> tell us. I mean, no, for my birthday two years ago, Don showed up with this gigantic ice cream cake and it was delicious and awesome. And I think it lasted three whole days. Wow. <laughs> we had like 18 people in my place too. And like, we still had like half left. So like it was huge. Oh, wow. <laughs> I didn't know what size to bring. So I just went with the maximum. Go big or go, go big. home. The maximum. Right. Exactly. <laughs> it, it was three tiered and everything now. Oh, wow. wow. Where would you even get someone's wedding like cake? Yeah. I know. Tyler, I think you might be married to Don now. <laughs> yeah. I accept. I do. <laughs> Yay. Congratulations. Oh, this is a momentous episode already. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we've got Utah lore. We've got, you know, yeah. Don and, and uh, Tyler and getting Tyler married. I'm married by Epic cake. cake. Yeah. yeah. That's so I take much season So, you know, tying it back in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh nice. Nice. <laughs> Synergy. Uh, So then that was going to segue into our surprise pitch. Is everyone ready? Now, everyone knows a major part of Thanksgiving is the Thanksgiving Day Parade. So our surprise Mm -hmm. pitch panelists, and I think we might have done this one two years ago for for our November episode, but I am tasking you with pitching a new character to get a Thanksgiving Day Parade balloon float thing. A character who, oh, who does okay. not have one but needs one. Maybe they <laughs> okay. need to promote their movie. Maybe they just need it because they are a cultural icon. Oh. Maybe they just need one <laughs> because you decided they need one. So who, panelists, should get a new giant inflatable for the Thanksgiving Day Parade? I, I have an answer, if, if it's okay if I go first. All right, Tyler, you're ready. Let's go. So Pikachu is there, I think, every year. I believe Mario is also there, right? Every year. Is Mario there? Is there a Mario uh, one? Or is it just Pikachu? Is there Mario? Pikachu's Pikachu is there. I don't know about Mario. Mario oh, perfect. Like there. Perfect. This will make, make it way better. So I don't know if anybody knows, but they just announced uh, the final character to join Super Smash Brothers Ultimate uh, was Sora from Kingdom Hearts. Oh. But everybody was... Everybody either wanted like Master Chief or another character that they yeah. all kept saying will never be in it, but we all clamored for it, named Waluigi. So I'm saying that not Nintendo <laughs> making them do Waluigi, but like fans and people raising up money and and building their own Waluigi float, and then they just like show up on Macy's Day Parade. Not even an official parade float. It's just there. They just kind of show up halfway through and just have a Waluigi and have a sign that says, I should have been in Smash. That should be. <laughs> I, I love it. The new float. Yeah. They they're 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 crashing. He just they're crashes cra- in like it's yeah. Mario Kart style. Wow! Like wow! I'm here. <laughs> put me in Smash. Uh, so yeah. Well, I'm getting a very. What was it? The Eat Me float from Animal House just sort of takes over the parade and makes it so much better. Waluigi like leads the parade like, yeah. into the East River or something. Down to an alley. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Tyler, I love Waluigi because he's my favorite character that I've literally never played a game that he's in. Uh, But as a Luigi (laughs) fan, I love evil Luigi. So, okay, we got Waluigi. Who would like to go next? Uh, I'll I'll do it. Oh, okay. Sandra, you first. Um, I, well, because it's wildly popular right now, I want to see the Squid Game girl, the red light, green light girl. I want her to get a float. And she can actually turn her head and say, red light, green. And then if anybody moves, there's just utter destruction, like all over the place. (laughs) She's just shooting people. I mean, it could be, it could be confetti or whatever, but you know, we could also just go super dark. A t-shirt cannon. I have actually (laughs) not seen. You're willing to compromise and not murder people. I mean, keeping in theme with Thanksgiving, you know, there should be some destruction. I would love it. The weirdest thing for for me about her is the the two eyes moving independently, darting everywhere. If you could get that in a float, that would be that would be amazing. Yeah, totally. That would be great synergy to promote Squid Game on Netflix. Right. That was a great time to mention our new sponsor, 
Squid Game on Netflix. When you want to watch a TV show that's not about squids, but is about games, Squid Game. check out Squid Game on Netflix, streaming now. <laughs> I have yet to see you Squid You really game. need to push, too. I haven't so, watched yeah. it either, but I do. I am familiar with, with the little girl. She looks kind of like May from My Neighbor Totoro. Oh, okay. Yeah, so she's, like she's a gigantic adorable. animatronic, yeah. She's like a normal-looking, like, cutesy cartoon girl, but uh, is like 40 feet tall or something. Wow, okay. Yeah. I haven't seen it yet. So check it out. Yeah, it's okay. Squid Game. On it's on our list. Yeah, it's it's on my list too. I, I just finished Money Heist, so I guess Squid Game is next. I got a. I was gonna give two answers: a serious answer, and then a sort of uh, frivolous answer. They're all frivolous. But I'll just go. Them, but go ahead. Give them I'll go with the frivolous answer, which is I feel like there should be a hot air balloon float of Zack Snyder. <laughs> for, the 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 haters, the for the haters. For the haters. Hashtag release the Snyder balloon. That's right. Yeah. Also, oh, did I steal your joke? Was that your joke? I'm sorry. No, no, that, I was going to say, it's only, uh, you can only view it in 4-3. <laughs> and it makes the parade seven hours long. It is, yeah. it is way too much. And, and they it's, call, of course, and a very desaturated it. Zack Snyder. He's almost yes. all blue and gray. He gets stuck, and you can only release him by yelling, release the Snyder flip. <laughs> only if it gets trending on Twitter, does it? Yeah, no, that's right. Like. All right, what was your other answer, Don? I was going to say, you know, because it's so popular, and I feel like it's in the zeitgeist, uh, Deku from um, My Hero Academia. Oh, okay. Or, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I can see that. Because I feel like it took forever to get... Pikachu, yeah. yeah, it took 20 years for Pikachu, right? So eventually they'll come around. I think next it will be Naruto. <laughs> oh nice <laughs> alright Andy do you have a do you have a new float for us I've got a serious and a frivolous one uh, the serious one like I've always loved Marie Sendak and it's weird that Aww. there's not a where it's the wild things are float how oh, amazing would that be it would one be fantastic yeah yeah so yeah I know you're listening to New York uh, get on that uh, frivolous though it has to be uh, the new Superman Kissing his new boyfriend. I, I'm not sure the guy's name, but he's got pink hair, so he's really cool. Just, you know, for everybody who feels their childhood has been ruined by a bisexual Superman, I just, you know, let's pour some salt in that wound, you know? <laughs> but it's not even that the Superman of, the, of that generation or the generation I know. even, which is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, John, yeah. No, no. It's John Kent. It's Superman's. Kid. Oh, that, I, I made this joke on the uh, Comic-Con Revolution Ontario Facebook group because they have oh, Dean Cain as a guest. Oh, that's right. Oh, I that I was like, oh, yeah. I'm going to bring him uh, Superman's son, issue number five, which is the kiss issue, to have him sign it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I deleted that comment. Uh, yeah. Oh, come on. Wait, they deleted the comment? I haven't well, seen it. Well, he's blocked people like, and stuff. I like, well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I posted it on. Yeah, he's not a good group, sport, but I, I haven't seen anyone comment or anything, and I haven't seen that post pop up again. So I'm like, did it get deleted? So it doesn't show up in my like activity. Um, yeah, that was that was that was my joke. I'm gonna um, go search that out. Search it out. I, see if uh, someone liked it yeah. or uh, called me a commie or something. Uh, yeah, I mean, I posted when I was doing the logo for uh, Jerry Conway, and I didn't even get into it. It was somebody, but somebody said something, and then Mike oh, yeah, Roman, that. of Atomic Basement Comics got into it with that person. I'm like, hey, people are entitled <laughs> to their opinions. It's okay. Like, we can be adults about this. <laughs> Knowing Mike Wellman, yeah, I think I can see that happening. Shout out to Mike Wellman and Atomic Basement Comics. They're great. He's just- this is a great time to mention our new sponsor, Atomic Basement Comics. When you want comics covered in atomic radiation, visit Atomic Comics. <laughs> Actually, I would love to have them as a sponsor. So, uh, Don, uh, I know you're 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 tight with him. Uh, get him to sponsor the podcast. Uh, I'll I'll talk to him. About we'll do it, re- we'll do real uh, commercials for real for real yeah. sponsorships. Oh, yeah. um, all right. So uh, I guess I can do one. Um, <laughs> so uh, I haven't watched a parade in a very long time, so I'm not even sure like who has a giant <laughs> balloon at this point. Yeah. But. Um, <laughs> I could, I would really love for them to pull out. Like I bet you they have like old storage of old floats that they don't use anymore. Like oh, like is Garfield is Garfield still in in the parade? Well, I, don't I think know. so. I feel like Garfield and Snoopy are still in there for sure. I would. Yeah. I think they used to have Betty Boop, but th- I think they might have retired Betty Boop. Uh, yeah, 
I feel like I would just want to mix things up and do. Um, now, I would say Heathcliff, and no, let's go even more obscure and do. Oh God! Now I just left my head. Uh, on Nickelodeon Funky when Winker I was Bane? a kid. No, Funky Winkerbean is the Simpsons joke. Um, okay. Okay. On Nickelodeon. <laughs> When I was a kid, they would show Heathcliff, and there was, like, a second cat cartoon that they would play with it. So it was, like, Heathcliff, and then it was, like, a gang of cats, like, three cats. Top oh. Cat? Not no, Top no. Cat. It's part of the Heathcliff universe. It's Riff Raff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would want Riff Raff just to have people And Mongo? Like, yeah, Riff Raff, yeah, Mongo. Mongo was the big gray cat, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah he was so stupid. I love them. And there was a cat with, like, a Walkman and headphones, skates. right? Didn't have skates, too? Yeah, he had skates. No, I think he yeah. had skates. Wait, yeah, he was like, it was, he it was a cat with a Walkman headphone and skates. So yeah. definitely the poochie of that cartoon. <laughs> okay, Riff Raff, I just, I just googled, and that is some dope cat, man. Yeah, he's got like oh. a teal scarf. Yep. And, yeah, like, a big floppy cap. Like he's like rerun. Oh, yeah, he is. Oh, the man. Cadillac cats, Heathcliff and the Cadillac cats. Dude, I just saw like a trailer or yeah. something. For, I, I don't know why I saw that recently. And I was like, I remember that. <laughs> but it was. So it's not Riff Ruff with the skates. Was that Cleo? No, no. The, no, that's the, the girl. The cat had the skates. Yeah. Hector? Is that his name? What a what a name. Oh, Mungo is the other guy. Yeah, Mungo is oh, the other guy. Yeah. Hector did not I have remember. skates. I just imagined that, I guess. I have the vaguest memories of this. I remember Eek the cat. He was cool. He teamed up with Cynthia Rothrock. I that is Wait, why did Eek team up with martial arts superstar Cynthia Rothrock? I think the better question is why not team up with martial arts legend Cynthia Rothrock? I don't know. I guess he was just friends with Cynthia and like they teamed up and they like stormed a castle together and everything. It was amazing. That is pretty amazing. I think For in the end she know, got rescued by Fabio, but you know, yeah. I think they were tongue in cheek rescued by Fabio. Fair enough. Eek the Cat was created by Savage Steve Holland, who is the filmmaker behind uh, One Crazy Summer, Better Off Dead, um, yeah. How I Got Into College, and then he uh, created yeah. Eek the Cat. Eek the Cat. Now is a great time to mention our, <laughs> our, our episode sponsor, Eek the Cat. Do you like 90s Fox cartoons? Check out Eek the Cat streaming somewhere. Probably Tubi. Uh, Wordsworth is the cat that Sandra <laughs> yeah, that's is thinking the cat. about. And it yep. definitely had roller skates, yep. yellow headphones, and sunglasses. So there you go. They were super into <laughs> scarves. Like, I think all the cats had scarves, no? I think this that was like be... a, a New York. Like, oh, we're in the cold, but we're all part of the Sugar Hill Gang throwback kind of thing. <laughs> I think like, it's an gang. easy way to like identify. Like, because if yeah. you're cats, yeah. they're not wearing clothes. So, like, throw on mm-hmm. what. Like a, a cat could wear a you know a scarf and it doesn't look weird, but if the cat was in clothes, you'd be like, is that a is that an actual cat? Like a talking humanoid cat? Yeah. Gets a little weird. Gets what a little weird. Rules? What are the yeah. rules of this universe? Because Heathcliff yeah. is a cat and he doesn't he doesn't wear anything but a collar and he's just a cat and he lives like a cat. Yeah. But the but like Riff Raff and yeah. the Cadillac cats, they like drive cars and have you know like gangsters. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. don't don't get me started on on, uh, on Fritz the cat. Man, <laughs> Fritz the cat, boy, yeah. our too far, dude. Ralph Bashke. that's a that's a recipe for um, uncomfortableness. Interesting. In I have never seen that movie. Are there, are there two of them, or is there just one? Oh, I think there is two. I I saw the first one like ages ago. It's yeah. okay. no, thank you. I'm good. Have you guys ever seen Dirty Duck? No. Okay. No. So so Dirty okay, Duck that's is our Roger flow. Corman's version. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Dirty Duck was Roger Corman's version of Fritz the Cat. So if you don't, Roger Corman, classic filmmaker, known for yeah. making low-budget, cheap movies. Uh, he yep. made the original Little Shop of Horrors. Uh, he made uh, Battle Beyond the Stars, which was a uh, Seven Samurai Star Wars ripoff. Uh, so when adult animation by, like, Ralph Mashke, Ralph Bashke, uh, like, when 70s adult animation was coming into its own, Corman being the kind of filmmaker that he was, he's like, Oh, I, I need to make an adult cartoon. So he made one called dirty duck. Um, and I watched it on YouTube because it was, it's you know available on YouTube. It is, uh, it's real weird. <laughs> it's real weird. It's a weird, yeah. weird movie. Um, but it is someone who doesn't quite know what made Fritz the cat or what made Ralph Bashke movies interesting. 
copying like he knows the tune but not the melody um so it's it's real weird if you're into like weird animation from the 70s check out dirty duck by roger corman so it was a flip on bakshi's movie but not on howard the duck no no yeah okay well i have a question it's the cat I have a question. Dirty Duck, how good is the animation? Because Roger Corman was famous for, like, doing things on a budget. I looked it up. Not good. Yeah. Yeah. But also (laughs) not that far off. Like, it just looks like cheap, dirty 70s animation. Okay. Uh, So a poor man's back sheet. Yes. Okay. But yeah, that uh, bizarre tangent. Uh, (laughs) Can I change my answer to Fritz the Cat and Dirty Duck? (laughs) <laughs> yes, as long as they're like uh, 16. Together at, la- at last. You know what I discovered? Because as, as y'all were talking, I'm like, wait, which uh, balloons have been retired? And you know what's some bullshit? It's freaking Kermit is retired. Is he That's really? That's garbage. That's, I was huh. looking it up. Unless wow. I'm misreading it, I'm on Macy's Thanksgiving. Oh, it's a fandom page. But it says that it's retired, but it kept coming back. But I'm like, this is crap. It needs to just be there. I would love to see Rolf. Oh, my gosh. I just want to see everybody, like all the Muppets. They've definitely, like, the culture as a whole has retired underdog. So I don't think we're ever seeing underdog again, which is a shame. Oh, that's true. Oh, darn. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Well, they're trying to bring back underdog a few years ago in CGI, right? Yeah, Yeah, the movie with Jason Lee, which actually was not oh, that bad of casting. I actually liked him as underdog. That was weird. I like Jason Lee. I'm like two degrees of separation from the screenwriter on that movie. I can't remember how, though, but yeah, like somehow like a friend of a friend is the guy who wrote the underdog script. I was like, hmm. Yeah. They should do a Sweetums um, balloon and it's it's to size. So it's just super, super massive compared Ooh, to all the other yeah. characters. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, he should be the last one, like, 20 minutes yes. later, to like, hey, guys, yeah. wait for me! Uh, yeah. that, is, that is my favorite joke. We're cutting the bit there. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> and that's our pitches for a new Thanksgiving Day Parade floats. Now it's time <laughs> for our main pitch, which this is a this was a, a difficult one, because um, this is, dear listeners, this is where I grossly overbelieved that people knew what the hell I was talking about when I was like, let's do this pitch. So audience, our panelists are pitching a new Poochie to be added to a TV show. And what's a Poochie, you may ask. Um, I thought everyone would understand what a Poochie was, but no one did. So I've had to explain this like a billion times. Okay, so back during The Simpsons, I believe it was uh, season eight. Uh, there's an episode where executives tell... Um, the itchy and scratchy people that the show's stale and they need to introduce a new character. So they focus group and they develop this new character named Poochie, who is a rapping cool guy dog um, who uh, he's a uh, hippie and he knows Kung Fu, but he's also a gangster. He's just an amalgamation of all these hip, cool trends from the nineties. And they inserted him onto the itchy and scratchy show after a lot of buildup. And then everyone hated him. Uh, and Homer, in the episode, Homer is the voice. He auditions and becomes the voice of Poochie. Uh, and he gives an impassioned speech as Poochie as to why uh, the audience should give this new character a chance. Uh, but they end up just like literally like taking him out of the show and saying he died on his way to his home planet on a like a title <laughs> card in the episode. So a Poochie is a character who's foisted on a long-running TV show to kind of shake things up and to... Uh, kind of uh, create a new dynamic and really like get watchers to return or get new watchers. Cause this new character is just going to really shake things up. Uh, this is also uh, known as a cousin Oliver on the Brady bunch. Once the kids kind of got too old to be kind of cutesy, Cindy was uh, like 14 and couldn't wear pigtails without it looking weird anymore. So they added cute cousin Oliver, who was their cousin who needed to come live with them. And he was a cute little funny looking kid with a pager boy haircut and, big oversized glasses. He's a cousin Oliver. Um, And a lot of shows have tried adding poochies. uh, And uh, sometimes it usually, sometimes it usually doesn't work, honestly. So some poochies in the past have been Leonardo DiCaprio when he was added to Growing Pains in the final season as Luke, the homeless kid who they caught trying to rob their house and somehow they adopted him. 
And he was the <laughs> new, like, cool, good-looking kid who's going to really shake things up in the final season. Or they didn't know it was the final season, but, you know, from the, to give the show <laughs> new life. So there's Luke, yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio from uh, Growing Pains, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation, introduced the character of Inzen Rowe who was supposed to really shake things up because she was not as nice. She was a little bit more gruff, a little more abrasive as a character. And people thought of the Star Trek crew as getting along too well. And there's never any conflict between uh, the cast. It was always outside conflict. So Ensign Rowe was introduced to uh, shake things up. But apparently uh, the actress was difficult to work with and uh, she was quickly written out of the show. So she was, she was a poochie taken out of the show. Uh, another way to think of a Poochie is kind of an, an official Mary Sue, because usually they are kind of the best at something, or they are just an idealized version of a character uh, to get people to really like like them, but that ends up usually backfiring. Um, let's see here. I like to also use the example of Negan from The Walking Dead. Uh, even though he, you know he's originally from the comic, he's kind of a, a Poochie, and that as soon as he was introduced onto the TV show, he was just like so funny and so cool, and all those cosplayers wanted to dress like him, even though he literally <laughs> like brutally murdered some fan favorite characters. He was just so cool. Uh, you know, he's, Negan's a bit of a poochie, but um, is everyone kind of clear on what a poochie is, listeners? I assume you are now. <laughs> Panelists, are you guys clear on a poochie? Yes. Can you give it to me one more time? I'm just. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, another. Um, I need 18 uh, more examples. <laughs> I, I can give. I can give you two more. Um, one I didn't realize. No, I'm joking. Was, <laughs> no, Leon from Curb Your Enthusiasm is kind of a poochie, oh. uh, but he kind of worked. Because uh, uh, if anyone watched Curb Your Enthusiasm, Leon was introduced. I think after season like four, uh, he was uh, in the show. This was after Katrina, and. Larry and his wife take in a family from New Orleans uh, to stay with them for a while. And one, one of them, Leon, he just ends up staying. Because the show is very much like rich old white people. <laughs> like, sure, they're comedians, <laughs> but they're all just rich old white people. So you have Leon introduced as like a middle-aged black guy who really did kind of shake up how uh, that show, the, the tone and the, the kind of dialogue in that show was very different with Leon around. That was J.B. Smooth, right? Yeah, J.B. Smooth. Yeah, he doesn't love J.B. Smooth. Love JB Smooth. So, all right, panelists, who would like to pitch their poochie? Uh, I can go first. Sounded so dirty. Sorry. (laughs) Would you like to pitch your poochie? Yeah, I actually kind of did my homework this time. I know, Michael, uh, you were like, oh, we're going to do this on Sunday. And I was like, oh, okay. And I I didn't quite get it at first, but uh, here goes my thing. And I I wrote this in the style of the film franchise uh, that I'm using. So, I, I hope it comes across correctly. Uh, but I'm going to read it to you guys. Ready? Ready. Yes. The camera Ready. pushes in through tight European streets onto Dom, leaning against his car, eating a shawarma pita. He checks his watch and receives a message from Jacob. It's go time. As soon as he gets into his car and starts it, a large monstrosity of a dog blocks his path. A street urchin cries out, that's Mozart. He just wants your pita. Dom Riley smiles and chucks the pita safely to the side for the dog. Mozart barks in approval and cheerily chases it down, off to the races. Dom gets on the car with the rest of the family. Letty, check. Roman, check. Ted stands off. Ramsey, Han, L, Sean, Twinkie, Hobbs, Shaw. Who isn't in this? The usual hijinks ensue. However, this time it isn't about saving the world. It's about keeping family together. Jacob is trying to prevent the regime, an evil shadow government entity from tearing their lives apart, and reverse what Mr. Nobody did for the family. For Jacob, it's time to let bygones be bygones. For the rest of the family, there's still an unease, even though the Toretto family beef has been dragged into the light. There's still a bit of mistrust. Mia reassures everyone that the family is everything. It is their core. It is their bond. Five car chases happen. A car smashes into a jet, which goes through a castle before stopping inches away from tourists that applaud, thinking it's a show. A European snow ski chase happens, while some of the team is on skis with jetpacks strapped to them. Everyone launches over a crevasse while the jet ski pursuers tumble to their doom. Uh, Suddenly, Mozart appears with a little flask around his neck, cartoonishly offering alcohol. The team, buried in the snow and exhausted, laughs and takes celebratory sips. The family reconvenes to determine the best course of action. Clearly, Ramsey and Ted will need to take lead on the tech side of this multifaceted attack plan. Hobbs, Shaw, Letty, and Doc will muscle their way in while everybody else provides a feint. 
the plan goes south. Almost everyone is taken out. Dom's brakes have been cut. Clearly, this is an inside job, but who could have betrayed the family like this? Is the uneasy alliance with his brother Jacob finally coming to a head? With the rest of the team indisposed, it's up to Letty to snatch Dom from the clutches of death yet again. Letty yells at Dom to get out of the car and jump over to her motorcycle, but he can't unbuckle the belt. It's jammed, and both of them are speeding toward a cliff into the Mediterranean. Not looking at the road in front of her, Letty's front tire smashes into a rock, jutting out from the path, sending her into the air. There goes Dom's last chance to get back on track. Never want to give up, Dom yanks down the belt mechanism with all his might, popping the strap right out of the B-pillar of his ride. He then launches himself out of the rear window, shot out earlier by goons. He's got it. He's going to manage to escape death once again as his hand reaches the cliff edge and his car goes hurtling down toward the Mediterranean. His fingers slip. He missed grabbing the edge. He's done for. Except someone has grabbed a hold of his hand. Gripping it tightly, yet carefully, while slobbering, is Mozart, the newest member of the family. Don Riley smiles about his fortune and says, Looks like you're definitely in the family. For a brief second, it almost appears that Mozart winks. Suddenly, Mozart mumbles with Groot-like intonation, I am family. End credits. <laughs> oh, the fast and the furriest. <laughs> oh. Man, I... I, I, I now I wish you like over prepared like that. That was amazing. Um, <laughs> my my pitch is going to be so pathetic now. <laughs> no, okay. So Don, you have added mine too. So don't worry. Dude, the Fast and the Furious franchise. Yeah, this is That's for a, uh, Fast and Furious fifteen, I think. Yeah, and in, in, in dog years, that's like Fast and Furious eighty. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! They should do it in dog years. Yes. <laughs> in dog yes. years. I saw a thing for for um, if the, if the next Fast and Furious isn't called Fast Ten Year Seatbelts, then like don't make fast it. Ten. <laughs> yeah, fast that's, Ten Year. I stand by that for sure. Yeah, <laughs> Fasten your seat. Yeah, Fasten your seatbelts. Furious Fast Ten Year Seatbelts. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. And that also reminds me that that the most famous Poochie is actually Scrappy Doo, and I forgot to mention that. Oh, so the right. dog. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Scrappy Doo. That's excellent, Don. It's very excellent. Who would like to follow that up? I mean, I can go next unless unless you want somebody. Uh, Tyler Tyler wants to do it. Make Tyler, it go for it. <laughs> so there is an animated show that is one of the longest running animated shows ever. Um, and I looked it up. It's right after Simpsons and um, Arthur, uh, which just ended. And it's right. It was literally a couple months before South Park. Uh, and it's um, the show is not exactly that great. And I think that my Poochie will uh definitely be hilarious and awesome for adults who for some reason watch the show still and not really on the kids side so my pitch is uh the government finds out that pallet town is letting 10 year olds go out into the world by themselves cpa are have been called pallet town is now un- is now under investigation and locked down and now cpa uh, child protective oh sorry cps cps i'm so sorry cps Child Protective <laughs> Services agent. Um, I, they all have everybody has kind of like weird names in it. I guess. Well, Jesse and James, not really. So I guess. I, yeah. So um, CPS Charlie uh, is now on the case and trying to not not only Team Rocket is trying to get Ash Ketchum, but so is CPS agent um, is Charlie. And so now uh-huh. it's you have <laughs> you have him going after Ash, but with it with his trusty Pokemon, and I, I'll, I'll probably say Snubble. Because uh, Snubble and and so um, trying to, trying to get Ash so he can go back home or at least to a new family that won't let a ten year old go out. I'll do all these different continents and uh, catch Pokemon, fight, and uh, go into danger uh, constantly. And so, yeah, that is my Poochie is a CPS agent into po- <laughs> into Pokemon. Oh my god. That would be like also like every '80s kids movie as well. That's like so smart. Yeah, it's like where yeah. where do the kids all have parents that are just like you know what you should like go play video games for the next year or so in tournaments. I just want like him like Ash just to get a call from like from like Professor Oak and and he's like Professor Oak where are you? He goes like Ash I'm in jail. I'm so sorry. Keep running. Keep running and get that data. I don't care what they do. Just don't stop. And and they, and then they're like get off the phone and they just like cut him off and 
Yeah. And so, um, yeah. I like it. I, I immediately imagined um, the CPS character from Hunt for the Wilder People. It was a very funny uh, character. Yeah, that um, was a great character. And she's love, absolutely in uh, the right. I love her. Uh, yeah. Trying to like track this kid down. But she is a uh, she is an antagonist. Yeah. <laughs> so would That's would there fantastic. be like a quiet respect between the uh, CPS Charlie and Ash? Like, oh, I'll get you. Uh, I res- We're not like, so different, you and I. your moxie, kid. I think it'll be like 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 the uh, Team Rocket, where it's like I think like like it's like everybody in the show like has like like you feel bad for them all except for Giovanni. Giovanni is like the big bad, but every like that's that's the whole thing about Pokemon is that everybody has like relatable and redeeming qualities about themselves, including like Meowth. Like Meowth's episode is like so sad and like really tragic, and then like Jesse and James has like a really nice. Um, you know, like backstory and like, you, you, you know, you love them. So I want like CPS Charlie to kind of be there and like, yeah, he just gets, he either gets, um, you know, just like, like blasted off again, like team rocket or he fights team rocket. They're like, no, I want the Pikachu. And he's like, but I want Ash and the Pikachu, the Pikachu, Pikachu is evidence and like all this stuff. And like, you know, just everybody's just <laughs> fighting each other. Evidence. I think it would be good. I think it would be a, a, you know, like a good dynamic. And if they ever come again, come across Mewtwo, Mewtwo is just like, well, I mean, I was like, Ash, you, I, I respect you, but he does have a point, Ash. You should probably go to a family. And then, like, and you Ash is like, 10. no. Yeah, you're 10 years old. I don't, and like, yeah, and everybody, it's like everybody's against YouTube. And like, you can't, you can't control him. He's, okay, he's, he's a Pokemon master. And he's just like, well, okay, I'm so sorry. I'm just a Pokemon myself. Sorry, I'm so sorry. Like, yeah. So I think it'll be like a bunch of things. Yeah, I think he'll be redeeming and, uh, and whatnot. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay who would like to go th- next i could go okay all right so uh, in this world um community exists again um and yay. the poochie <laughs> you said yeah i don't know if that was a happy yay or like eh. um <laughs> yeah, no, that show cool. that show um was great initially but then like people started dropping off and it just started tanking um, so it definitely needed a Poochie and one that would like bring something, um, you know, interesting to it. So in this world, there is a new faculty member and they are um, a professor and um, their role is as like the president of diversity, equity and inclusion. So they're teaching on that topic of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and what that might look like, maybe in the workplace. Um, So that's a course. And of course, Britta is all over that. So Britta (laughs) immediately signs up. And each week we see Britta, she's, you know, she's up in the front. She is a hardcore, try hard, um, really just trying to glean as much information about this new professor as she can. Um, so she obviously knows that she's, she's black and she's like, I think, I think she might be gay. I'm not sure. So she's just constantly trying to like pick up anything so that she can prove herself an ally. And week after week, it's all these stupid encounters where she is thinking, oh, did that mean this? Or, oh, maybe this means that. And just trying to like prove, um, that she knows, um, that she knows this professor's struggle you know even assuming things and stuff so i think it would be um embarrassing to watch britta continue to do this it'd almost be like like the character pat from snl where but but minus like it being intentionally comical the reason it's comical is because of how britta responds to every single thing that the professor is saying and doing and wearing and how they run into each other. And there are all of these really awkward for Brita moments. So it's like very cringeworthy as a viewer. We're like getting secondhand embarrassment. Um, but underneath all of that, the message is really just that as much as Brita thinks she is an ally and that she's completely woke, that she refuses to see this professor as an actual person. And I think using comedy to communicate that would be hilarious because it's a point uh, that um, I think needs to be made. And Britta is like so ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, like <laughs> she really is. Um, Pierce had it right. She's a GDB. Um, 
But uh, no, I mean, I think she's trying, but she's failing. Yeah, Britta is not a GDB. I know, I know. (laughs) I think she's trying and she's failing. And we've seen kind of um, episodes where they focused on her trying to prove her wokeness. um, The one where she and a female um, classmate, they both think the other one is lesbian. lesbian, Yeah, yeah, so they're befriending (laughs) each other to prove the point. I'm cool with it. And like, oh, she wants to hold my hand. Like, I'm not lesbian, but she's, but I'm cool with it because I'm so progressive. It's like, you guys are both idiots. (laughs) Like, neither one of you is gay. I'm just trying to like, yeah. Nominate the actress that plays Maxine. Max from Living Single to be the professor because I oh. think that's a great concept. <laughs> all right, now, now we're all Googling Maxine from Living sing- Single. <laughs> yeah. Because oh. I'm wondering, would Abed remember? Oh, Erica Alexander, TV writer and a former Cosby show. Uh, yeah, she's been in a ton of stuff. She's fantastic. But she's got that like energy too. Like I don't know if anybody here is a fan of Living Single. Living Single is uh-huh. a great show. But Max <laughs> is like one of the best characters on TV, I feel like. Oh, so, oh, she got divorced. What? We should still hire her, though. I mean, you know. No, because uh, her she was married to um, another TV writer. I'm I'm blanking on. They were like a team. Um, that's interesting. Well, that's sad. Well, I hope it works. I, I'm sure it all just worked out for them. Um, anywho, <laughs> Maxine from Living Signal, great, g- great choice. She would be a welcome addition to any show. Yeah, yeah, that's a great pitch, Sandra. I think that's hilarious because it's so true. Britta's like always <laughs> falling over herself to like prove herself. Oh man. Oh yeah, yeah. it's embarrassing. I know she's trying, but it's like, man, you're such an idiot. Like, just just shut up. Yeah, and they don't really interact that much with faculty aside from the dean and John Oliver yeah. as the teacher. Right? Like those are. Oh, and, uh, Ken. Um, oh, and Ken, Shane. yeah. Ken yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ken, Ken, yeah. Ken Jones, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it'd yeah. be good. Also, if it's like later seasons after Donald Glover left, yeah. which a new black character on the show. Which yeah, because is... did, did Yvette Nicole Brown leave? She left um, too, yeah. Yeah, because I know um, Donald Glover and Chevy Chase left, but I was like, I'm pretty sure Yvette Nicole Brown left as well. Well, it was weird because there was one season where she was just in the tags pretending to be in another series. Yeah, that was season uh, five, I believe. Yeah, where it was like she was in a USA crime solving series. Oh, that's right. And then there was a nurse one, too. Oh, there was wow. there were two? Okay. Well, no, she was, was a nurse. And I really stopped watching that show. Crimes, I think. Yeah, that's I just rewatched it. Yeah, it, it's. I mean, I, I really enjoy it, but I feel like I don't pay attention when I watch the later seasons because I've watched them at least two or three times. Hmm. I really, like, I, don't know. I really love the last season. I thought that was a great way to end it. Oh, oh yeah, I saw that last episode it was good. Yeah, and Padgett Brewster, solid addition too. Oh, I her. love her. Yeah, yeah, she's almost a poochie. I mean, I almost. Like so I mean, poochies. yeah, I'm mean, almost everybody. I mean, like when they had Keith David. Or David, whatever. Keith David. 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 Like, like Keith David, Padgett Brewster. Um, what's his name from uh, from Breaking Bad? And oh, I mean, yeah. I I also know him uh, mostly from um, uh, from uh, oh my god, what's that? Uh, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> he's he's oh, a yeah. Um, I love that. Actor, John Goodman too. John Goodman. Oh, I Jeez, love well, him. I don't. He was a recurring villain. I don't know. Yeah, I feel this. like he was just a villain. Um. I love John Goodman in that show. Yeah. <laughs> the AC. The AC. Uh, the AC oh school, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> you have a gift. <laughs> you have yeah. a gift, Roy. <laughs> oh, okay. I do, yeah, okay. I remember that episode now. But yeah. There was a, okay. a bunch of poochies in that show to try to save it. But yeah. I actually right. didn't dislike any of them. They all, they all did their job well. Oh, okay. wait. Who's the guy who just passed away, too? Um. Oh, the oh, backpack Leonard? guy, Leonard. Yeah, yeah. No, oh, yeah. like Leonard died. No, no, uh, no. Wait, I'm talking. I thought he did. The, yeah, the black guy. I think he did pass away. Rest um, in peace. Yeah. It was. It was a. Do- it was a teacher. Uh, because he replaced the guy from Breaking Bad, I believe, or maybe a switch. But no, he was. Uh, he's the black actor. Oh. He's amazing. He's unbelievable. He was like Michael Williams. Michael Williams. Uh, he was so oh, yes. good. Yeah, he's, that's right. He oh. was. Omar, he was an amazing yeah. actor. Yeah. He yeah. was one of he is I love I lo- love seeing him in anything. But yeah, like 
He was yeah. like unbelievably. He was too good for Community. <laughs> like, yeah, and he, his he was his an scene. Actor, actor. Yeah, when he talked about prison, I was just like, this is this shouldn't be in Community. This needs <laughs> yeah, to be on a way better intense. show. Yeah, that's true. I was like, yeah. he's he's just he was amazing. But that's and what I loved about it is like he was just this whole other like you you walk into as a viewer you're you're walking into that scene in his classroom and you're like oh this is a different yeah. this is a different vibe and then you get like the community the the main group how ridiculous they are and just the juxtaposition there of like the seriousness that he brought and the intensity yeah. that he brought and they're just like goofy and like trying yeah. to scheme and he sees right through it i'm going to miss him man, man he, yeah. he yeah, uh, I wish we got yeah. more, more, more from him. He was so good. Anyway, sorry. Anyway, thanks for bringing us down there, Tyler. Okay, yeah, uh, I, I, do I have one. Andy, uh, would you like to go first, or should I go? Mine's a short. Uh, yeah, one. Mine's okay. short. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. I think mine's pretty short too because I'm using a actually a pre-existing Poochie. Because um, I know any other fans of the animated Harley Quinn series. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is great. And the comics has added their Poochie. And I think just, and I like how Harley will go a little meta. So let's bring Punchline to Harley Quinn. Punchline is DC Comics, essentially Poochie. It's it's the the new girl who is really into Joker and teams up with him. And uh, she's very popular now. And she's she's a college student, so she's very Gen Z. So it fits the, the Poochie thing of trying to appeal to a younger demographic. And so let's have... Punchline. Punchline is this like super fan of Joker. Her TikToks are blowing up and she actually teams up with Joker. And Joker loves it because suddenly he's like young and relevant again. Although what slowly begins to happen is, of course, there's all these brand partnerships. So Joker, like suddenly he can't actually murder anybody anymore because he's got to like launch all these dance challenges. And it starts to weigh in him. Plus, of course, Punchline is always going out to events, always promoting herself. And it's just exhausting. Meanwhile, I mean, you got to think of what happened. This does to Harley because, you know, Harley used to be the young, hip, cool one that all the kids like. And she realizes, like, you know, she's just been Netflix and chilling with Poison Ivy uh, most nights. And she's like, wait a minute. Have I lost my edge? No, no. I'm still the cutting edge one. You can't poochie me. And so, uh, well, what triggers it is Poison Ivy notes they have a lot of money from all their various uh capers and so she wants to invest in a rental property which this for harley is the last straw she is not invest in a rental property person she's young she's relevant and she's going to prove it so she goes out on a mission to you know essentially out social media punchline and she quickly figures out what she has to do is launch a clothing line so she pours all the money in the clothing line uh, and ignores poison ivy who of course finds out that all of this is being made in like sweatshops in indonesia and, you know, but, but Harley Quinn, she's got the eyes on the prize. She wants to be the big, the big YouTube slash TikTok personality. Of course, she, she comes to her senses and realizes that what she really needs to do to make it up to Poison Ivy is, of course, fly to Indonesia and blow up those factories and free the child labor. So they lose all their money, but at least Harley proves to Poison Ivy that she's still, you know, she's, she's, she's evil, but she's not like, you know, capitalist evil. Meanwhile, <laughs> what happens with Punchline? Well, Joker eventually gets sick of just having to do all these challenges and like he can't even do any crimes unless it gets focus grouped and like he starts to rebel. But what he finds out is, of course, well, uh, Punchline is, of course, making a ton of money in all these brands. But then what he finally learns is, you know, all of this was just an elaborate scheme to essentially spruce up her application for NYU film school. So she gets into NYU film school and she's like, bye. And she just dumps Joker. And of course, you have the end where like Punchline leaves to go to film school and Joker's here like, ah, freaking millennials. And Harley's like pissed because like, what do you, what do you, I'm a millennial. She's Gen Z. And Joker could be like, well, wait, if she's Gen Z and you're millennial, what am I? Which, of course, nobody knows because he's been around since the 30s. And, of course, we end, they've lost all the money on the stupid clothing line. So they, of course, now have to do bank jobs and start stealing again to get their nest egg together. So Poison Ivy, you know, wants to go knock over a jewelry store. But Harley's had a rough day. And for tonight, well... She'd just be grateful if they just stayed in and Netflixed and chilled. And that's that's my Poochie punchline. <laughs> but you got to add in Joker's family, which is actually my favorite thing. I like that's my, my favorite thing ever. Joker and media is now is the family. Uh, just the fact that he has a wife in 
she is awesome. It was like my favorite thing in that show. <laughs> oh, I like the family. I don't know if the family's going to last because I mean, Joker, like, can he oh, be in a family? I think that's the joke, know. though. I think that's like the funniest shit. It's like, it's like, like <laughs> because he's so whipped and it's amazing. And I love it. And I love her. I love the wife. Oh, she's okay. the best. You know, you could bring in the wife because I'm not sure if they're actually in a romantic relationship in the comics. So yeah, it's just she's the young, the young hip girl who's going to like really push Joker's media awareness to the next level. Oh, no, I'm talking and about Joker the show. completely buys and, and, into it. In the show, he has a Hispanic wife who's like not taking his shit whatsoever. Yeah. And she's like the greatest. And like, I love her to death. And like, but like, yeah, having he's like, I'm gonna go hang out with this girl. She's like, no, you're not. How much money are you giving this woman? It's like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll make it all back. No, how much money are you giving this woman? And you know, at the end, yeah. So it'd be nice because both Joker and Harley Quinn wind up losing their shirts. Uh, I love the detail of the, the turning point being the like, oh, let's buy an investment property. Yeah, as being <laughs> yeah. Like, they're like, I, we're we're not those kind of people. We're not that. Yeah, age we're not buying like, a rental property. We're not. Yeah. We're not going to be landlords. That's true villainy. Yeah, yeah. I, I do. <laughs> yeah. Like line in the sand. <laughs> Oh, yeah, God. that's a that's a good way to bring in that character. Is that like are they still doing stuff with that character in the comics? Yeah, I have less track of what they're doing, but they are like she she was huge when she first came out because everyone thought she was going to be the next Harley Quinn. Uh, I'm not well, sure what she's doing now, but yeah, she's still around. I like I remember reading about like when she debuted and how like some people viewed it as very much a like old people trying to write young people kind of thing like oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. she's like and also like that character concept was done by marvel like a decade ago um but the character never took off so um ah. and uh well i mean the history of comics is 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 very much old people trying to write for young people yeah so, yeah. yeah there was a, a, so painfully a limited series with the young avengers um where they fought a group called the young masters to be like kind of like the parallel the masters of evil uh-huh. and one of the characters was named coat of arms because she had a magical coat that gave her extra arms but she was an art <laughs> student who did super villainy as an art project um, oh, she's a, a performance artist nice. she's a performance artist and i was like oh yeah that, that is they they did do that concept at marvel first um, that made me face well on. although grant morrison did it like i think the brotherhood of data the the main guy was like yes this is art as this is crime as art what, so, you what's know, that well, I mean, what's, you know, what series is that? Uh, oh, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. Oh, the Grant okay. Morrison run of Doom Patrol had, I think it was Mr. Nobody, who's Alan Tyduck in the TV series, but in the comic books, he was very much trying to do sort of art, uh, crime as surrealist art, essentially. Okay. All right. Yeah. Yeah, ready for my yeah. A good idea. Yeah. Good yes. idea. But yes. All right. So I'm bringing I'm bringing a, a Poochie into Bob's Burgers. Oh, oh no! Bob's Burgers <laughs> has been on for uh, it's eleven seasons now. Uh, and it could use a refresher. And I think what that show needs is maybe a sexy grandma type to join the family. <laughs> you know, like, um, so I'm going with Bob's great aunt comes to live with the Belcher family. And she's voiced by, of course, Betty White. Uh, and she, but she's a sexy grandma. Uh, so she has lots of sexy grandma advice for the kids. And it's all okay. inappropriate, but oh, it's funny because it's an old person. I thought you were going to say Helen Mirren. I was been like, oh, yes, Oh, my please. God, that's better. Oh, yeah. Well, if it's Helen yeah. Mirren, it actually legitimately is a sexy grandma. Yeah, a thousand so, percent. Um, so, may- so maybe instead of Betty White, maybe uh, who's another? Like uh, Jennifer Coolidge. I love, oh. I miss her, but she's still, she actually yeah. works a lot, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. She's constantly working. Oh, I love her. She's just so White Lotus, I think. She's the original, uh, what brought MILF into our vocabularies. Oh, that's right. Really? So, wait, that American Pie? American Pie? American Pie? Like, Pie, yeah. wait, that statement or that, that, uh, whatever. Um, wow. Word. Yeah. Word. Word. That terminology Word. was popularized by American Pie. Wow. Jennifer Coolidge. I mean, she's unbelievably gorgeous. So, so I would uh, I would add sexy grandma to uh, sexy grandma Belcher to uh, Bob's Burgers. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, anything that gets on Bob's nerves is great. I gotta. So, what does Linda think of the new sexy grandma? Because you know, Linda thinks she's the like fun hip one. I mean, I don't know how you can get sexier than Linda, though. That's that's yeah, that's, that's true. also <laughs> true. I would think the. Hey. The conflict would be uh, because Sexy Grandma gives like honest, truthful advice to the kids. She doesn't sugarcoat it, so it it, it pushes Linda's mom button. We're like, oh, you can't, you like, you can't say that to the kids. 
you know, they are just kids. You can't, you know, you can't talk the sexy talk. Uh, and Bob, of course, hates it just because uh, he doesn't necessarily like his family and he's got and he doesn't have enough space in his house anyway to have another um, yeah. member. And she's she is not uh, she doesn't help at the restaurant and lots of jokes about how she's always at the restaurant, but she never helps. I could imagine Tina asking her so many inappropriate questions. <laughs> exactly. Mm. And maybe like as a sexy grandma, she develops like uh, maybe she dates Mort. I forget it. Mort isn't married, right? Um, so maybe she dates Mort. Maybe she dates all like the uh, the male unmarried characters. Right, Mr. Fischoder? Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. That's a good because then, you know, she, Bob's worried about her screwing up like, oh, if you break up with him, like he'll raise our yeah. rent or he'll kick us out. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it's new for him because he's not used to dating an older woman that he doesn't pay. So, you know, <laughs> that's that's fresh for him. Well, and it was interesting when you said Betty White, because before you cast it, I was thinking this character would be like Blanche. Um, who of right. course was on Golden oh, yeah. Girls with Betty White. So I was like, when you said Betty White, I'm like, whoa! She's definitely <laughs> a Blanche, but uh, we unfortunately don't have Rue to uh, voice the character yeah. anymore. So. Yeah. Although I gotta say, a little pitch for like, uh, I don't know, season finale or something, I think she could find true love with Teddy. Because Teddy, Teddy would be... Yeah, because Teddy's so sweet, he wouldn't mind having another, being dating someone who like, you know, takes up most of the air in the room. He'd be fine with it as long as just, you know, someone would go out with him. So I'm pitching long-term Teddy. And, you know, Bob might hate it until he realizes that means that, like, the aunt moves out, and then suddenly he is very pro, yes, Teddy, please date my aunt. <laughs> that That's the plot of that episode, is he assumes that if they get together and, like, get serious, she'll move out. But what ends up happening is Teddy moves in. Oh, my God, because, yeah, that's always been his dream, to be part of the family. It's like, ah, oh, you don't have to call me uh, Grandpa, Grandpa Teddy, Bob, because uh, we're just we're just friends. But if you want to call me that, if you want to call me Grandpa, that's uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind. I'm just saying I wouldn't mind. At least in front of the kids. Call me in front of the kids. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you I gonna, hear. I'm going to give them Christmas Aaron. presents. Uh, yeah. They call it's, me Grandpa. It's very important. There's not mixed signals. You really call me, call me Grandpa, Bob. So <laughs> we, we don't have to make it weird. But uh, yeah. so, yeah, uh, sexy grandma added to Bob's Burgers. That's my poochie pitch. I like it. Dig it. <laughs> yeah. I love it, too, because Teddy deserves some happiness. His life is so sad. He does. Poor dude. Poor dude. Yeah. But would she make him happy? Mm. I think she yeah. might. Because, yeah, I, I mean, I think the other thing is he gets the one thing he's always wanted, which is now he's part of Bob's family. Part the family. Yeah. yeah. It's all about family today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I learned anything from Mozart the dog. Mozart the talking dog and his relationship with the Toretto yeah. family. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, are our poochie pitches for this <laughs> fantabulous penultimate. It's not penultimate. Uh, I was going to throw as many P's in there, but I... I, I Alliteration. Out. Alliteration. <laughs> I ran out after two. Congratulations. So this has been Burn After Pitching, the comedy pitching podcast, and our wonderful panelists... Panelists, please uh, do your plugs, do your pitches, uh, or your pitch, uh, do your plugs, do your promotions, anything you want to do. Let's start. Uh, let's start with Andy. Tell us where people can find you and how they can support you. Uh, they can find me at andynordval.com. And the very first link there is a good way to support me. I have a Kickstarter. Uh, it's part of an anthology, Producing the End by Soda and, tele, tele, uh, Soda and Telepaths, a collection of weird twists on the post-apocalyptic fables. Uh, definitely check it out. And, you know, if you want, buy it. It would help me out. And uh, happy Thanksgiving. All right, Sandra. Yeah, I, I have just myself to promote, I guess. Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at Hey, it's Sandra D. And you can just see all the nonsense that I'm up to. And we could chat about nerdy stuff. Excellent. Yeah. All right, Don, I'm going to have you go next throughout your, your promotions. All right, I will be, uh, I am thick of it with con season, so you can find me at the San Diego Comic-Con Special Edition, which is November 26th to the 28th, and then in December you can find me at LA Comic-Con October 3rd through the 5th, and Comic-Con Revolution Ontario, which is December 18th and the 19th. I have uh, an anthology coming out with a wonderful group of uh, people that I work with, which includes Kurt Belcher, Jerome Gagnon, and Travis Gibb. It's called Holiday Spirits. It's at Holiday Spirits 
dot net forward slash join uh, if you'd like to come sign up for that it's going to be uh, horror stories based uh, during the holidays and i think that'll be a fun book i am working on pablo number two right now uh, we're going to be pitching retro soon and uh, michael and i have a project called battle grapple rebel please be on the lookout uh, for that coming up next year right early next year yeah yeah perfect Ooh. all right tyler throw out all of your pitches oh man your promos Absolutely. Uh, yeah, just go to thegrandgeeks.com for all of our shows and podcasts, uh, you know, and uh, Most Extreme Ranking Challenge Season 2 is going in heavy. We have a lot of bonus stuff, and uh, it, this November we just had our first food edition Most Extreme Ranking Challenge called Most Exquisite Ranking Challenge. 20 minutes of um, highly produced, uh, probably the best thing I've ever produced, like looking thing I've ever made. And so uh, I'm really proud of it. So go check out most exquisite ranking challenge uh, mm. where we ranked Brazilian okay. food. It came out November 1st and uh, yeah, have a happy Turkey day, the grand <laughs> Fantastic. And I'm Michael Tanner, uh, host of the show. You can also visit me on my website by michaeltanner.com. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mike is Ernie at, you know how Twitter works. Also support uh, my comic orcs in space. Monthly from Oni Press, uh, the first volume, the volume collecting the first four issues, came out in October. Issue five is hitting this month of November. Uh, check it out; it's hilarious. And I have to say, if you have a pitch or a poochie you would like to pitch at us, please tweet at us hashtag Burning Pitch. We are on Twitter at Burn After Pitching, or just Burn After Pitching. I don't think it's Burn After Pitching podcast, but you know, how Twitter works. Find us on Twitter. Tweet at us. Throw us your ideas. Uh, we'd love to hear from our audience. And we know you have a lot of uh, competition for your ears. So thank you for listening. Our intro and outro music was by Carlisle Laurent. And don't forget to GGG. <laughs> <laughs> that was so much fun. Mm.